That was it. Worship is a weapon. And it's so true. One, because how we get filled with the power of God is to surrender to God. To surrender to him. And then his power can fill us. And one of the best ways to surrender to him is to come into his presence, into his court, it says, and worship him. And that's like, all right, how many of you have ridden a horse? We were talking about that today. Who's ridden a horse, right? Has anybody ever uh, driven a horse, like in a carriage, like driving? Really, Joe? (laughs) That's so cool. You'll have to tell us about that later. Yeah, tell us your story, Joe. But... (laughs) One of the things that you, when you ride a horse, you have reins that you hold in most cases because most horses are trained to respond to the bridle. And the bridle controls their mouth, which is so interesting if you think about us. (laughs) And it tells them what direction to go in. Well, one of the things when we come to the Lord is he he says give me the reins right we don't want to give him the reins because we're afraid to give him the reins we're like wait i gotta i gotta lead this thing i gotta direct it and he's like give me the reins you give me the reins and you cannot even imagine what i'll do in your life and uh So one of the ways we do that is to come into worship, and especially when that worship is scripture. So this first song, The Blessing, the scripture is number six, and it says, the Lord make his face to shine upon and enlighten you. So picture that. God, the creator of the universe, who spoke the universe into existence, he will look us in the face, he will shine on us, and he will enlighten you and be gracious, kind, merciful, and giving favor to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So, Lord, we just believe that scripture this morning together in number six, your holy word, your divine word. And we pray for that blessing this morning as we come before you and just, Lord, humble, humble surrender, Lord. Good morning, everyone. Wow, our church is growing. <laughs> it's growing by leaps and bounds. I'm looking out there, I see more and more seats filled. Eventually, they're all going to be filled, amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. God is good all the time. I have no idea where God's taking me this morning. These are my notes, and they're all scattered everywhere. So I'm just going to trust God, amen? Before we get started, I want to pray, and then we're going to take up an offering. So, Father, I praise you, and I thank you for this day. I pray, Father God, for your word to be a light unto our feet and a lamp for our path. I pray, Father, for your presence here, which I know is here. And like Julie said, not only are we here, but your angels are here to minister to us. Lord, I pray for your ministering spirits, your ministering angels, to minister to our needs, that you would help us today, that you would help me with this sermon. Lord God, I pray, Father God, that you would go before us and make straight our paths. Lord God, that you would speak through us and that you would use us mightily for your kingdom in these days to come. We are in the end days. I heard... uh, Pastor say today that they moved the doomsday clock to 100 seconds away from midnight. 
100 seconds away from midnight, Lord God. And, and uh, Lord, we are so close. And uh, one pastor said that we're not 100 seconds away, but we're 10 seconds away from midnight, Lord God, because of all the prophecy that's been fulfilled. Help us to be ready in our hearts. Help us to be prepared and help us to prepare our families for what's coming. And I praise you and I thank you for all your blessings and everything you've done in Jesus' name. Be with us today as we minister your word, Lord God, and let our ears and our eyes and our minds and our hearts be open to receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's take up an offering, amen. I have to take up an offering every week because I will not refuse you to be blessed by God. Amen? I don't know how many times when we've been in need financially and when we've given our tithes to God and our offerings to Him, He's always provided for us. This is the only thing that God says that we can test Him in is our tithes and offerings. The only thing. God will not withhold from you any good blessing. Do you believe that? That God will not from he hold, withhold from you any blessing that comes from him. He is not a father like that. That's not who he is. God is a good, good father. <laughs> Amen? And he won't withhold his blessings upon you. And when you bless him, it blesses him, and he will pour out blessings upon you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, Lord, we want to be blessed by you. I don't think there's not a person in the world who would honestly say to himself that they don't want to be blessed by God. Lord, and we want to be blessed by you. Lord, we want your blessings upon our lives. We want to walk in all of your blessings, not just for us, but we want to be a testimony and a witness to our children to teach them how to walk in your blessings. So help us as we bless you. We know in return that you will bless us above that we can ever imagine. So Lord, we thank you for these tithes and offerings that you're bringing into this house. We pray that you would bless each person abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I got a question for you. How many times did I say blessing in that prayer? <laughs> That must have been at least 15 times. <laughs> Amen. It's like the blessing that we sang. So before we get started, there's a video that is so impacting. My wife has showed it to me. We've played it several times. It's, uh, and I believe he's right on by saying what's coming. Because I believe God is going to shake this earth one more time for his glory before the end comes. It's, there's been prophecy and prophecy about the end times revival, the calling of God's saints, the power of the Holy Ghost falling on God's people. It's not just been prophesied. It's in God's word. It's in Joel chapter 2. It's in, it's in, um, it's in God's word. <laughs> he promises us that he is going to shake this earth one more time. Mightily. And there's so many things, and we are so close. When I, was, when I heard, it was Jimmy Evans who said that they moved the doomsday clock. And I don't know if you guys remember. I do remember. They started the doomsday clock in 1940. Right? And they started it right around when they were doing, when they came out with the atomic bombs, right? That's when they started the doomsday clock. And, and it really is an awareness of how close we are to where there's so much things going on in the world that it could be, it could be the end of the world at any moment. And it being so close, being moved up to 100 or 100 seconds, that's only a minute and a half almost minute and three quarters, you know, if you think about it, and how close we are. And it's because of all the threats of war that's been going on. The reason why they moved it up is because Russia is threatening to nuke everybody. You got Russia, you got North Korea, and you got Iran out there. And if you get Iran a nuclear weapon in Iran, they're not going to be afraid to use it. 
and we're going to be the first ones to have, have them. They're going to use it on because they don't like America. They call America the great Satan and Israel the little Satan. So those are two nations that they do not like, right? And they're not afraid to use their weapons. It says, uh, I heard a pastor say, Perry Stone, don't, don't give the son of Ishmael a gun because he'll use it. <laughs> he'll use it to kill you. Amen. So, and that's what they're doing when you're giving Iran nuclear weapons, right? And they are so close. But God is going to move mightily again on this earth, right? He is going to shake it. Whether we're ready or not, he, He's not slowing down. His timeline, His plan is all written in the Word, it's all written in the book. And he's going to stick to his book because his word will never fail and his word will be here always right to the very end. Just like he promised he would be there with us, his faithful servants. His word is going to go beyond us in our lives. His word has gone beyond thousands and thousands of lives, millions if not billions of lives. Because it's, it's alive, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's been around for over 6,000 years, God's words. And that's many of people that have gone before. Amen. So I want us to watch this video really quick and then I'm going to share what I feel like the Lord's been putting on my spirit. So wait, before we start it, Ephraim, can you run back and kill some of these lights so we can see it better? Don't kill them, but turn them off. All right, that'd be great. I'm out into the deep. You know what? If we don't ever march out into the deep, we don't ever know who God really is. And we don't really have the faith that God's called us to have. We are a generation that have been called by God to live in this day. Do you believe that? Joe, you could turn on these lights right here. Just so I can see a little bit better. I might need one more. Effie, I need you to run again, buddy. Doesn't that make you want to march in the, in the war that's coming? I mean, it does me. It gets my, when I hear that, and I hear those drums going, those war drums, march, I get excited. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to have Julie share so I want you to be great. I will be back. I will be right back. So um, Chris had asked me before I sat down if I had something to share. And I always take that as a signal. Like, oh, what am I supposed to share? But um, one of the things that I would... I wanted to share with you that um, this video that we just watched, right? And what Chris is talking about is the, the end times that the Bible talk about, right? He's talking about Jesus coming back. And it says he'll come back. We believe he's come. Every different churches have different beliefs. We believe from the scriptures that he's coming back in what they call the rapture for the church to take the church out before the tribulation. And he can go into that more. But this is what's coming. This is what's coming. A prophet that, um, that I believe is and I'm really careful, we're really careful about who we listen to, but I really believe he's from the Lord, and uh, he's a humble family man, and he hears from the Lord, and his, and his words are so good, so right on. But he was warning us as believers that the, he, was in a, he had a dream, and, and um, all of a sudden he was surrounded by all this evil, and and it was scary he was scared he was like look you know god what are you doing 
And is this, and why are you letting us be surrounded by evil? Because as Christians, a lot of us think we're not going to go through the evil of the tribulation. The tribulation is the time it talks about through the scriptures, Old Testament and New, where evil will rise like we've never seen it. The only time that really came close was when Jesus was born. When Jesus was born, Satan was on the hunt. He was on the hunt to kill the Son of God. He was on the hunt to kill Jesus so that we could not be redeemed. We could not be saved by what he was going to do. So that time, evil rose up again. You heard the stories, right, of uh, Herod when he sent the soldiers out into uh, the city where they thought Jesus was, and he ordered his soldiers to kill every child two years old and under. How demonic is that? How... How demonic is that? Like even in warfare of the, of the nations, they say you don't kill the children and you don't kill the women, right? That's all changing again because evil is on the rise. But that's what happened. Satan went around and, and they killed every single baby that was born two years and younger. That's the kind of evil that was on the rise then. And, but of course, God protected his son. He protected him by sending him to a humble manger. He didn't come as a king, did he? He didn't come in robes. They didn't know where to find him. He was in a stable. He was with the animals. And God protected him through his life. Well, that same Jesus is coming again. And... Evil is going to rise again. But this is what the prophet said that the Lord spoke to him about. And I feel like we should know it this morning because I'm so glad Chris prayed that or showed that. Because we are, we're this little country church, but we are part of the glorious church of God. We have the answer to every single problem on this earth it is through God our creator and our maker we are a powerful church we have to realize it and you know what's going to happen it says in the bible birth pains okay so who's had babies here (laughs) We know what birth pains are, right, Susie? (laughs) Right, Mom? (laughs) Birth pains come. This is what it says is going to happen in the end times. And it's going to feel like a storm. You saw how it showed the ocean and going out to the deep. And this is what he's saying. God's calling you and me right now. Go to the deep. Go to the problem. Go to the sin. Go to the evil. Go to the people who are being destroyed by the devil, who are being held by demons, who are being killed, who are being destroyed. The devil doesn't care about a person. He cares about destroying all God's creation. He's out for revenge. And this is the final War. This is the final battle. And Jesus will be coming back to get his church. He's going to take us out. And then he's going to come back with his army. And like the verse we read this morning, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He will rule the world for a time period. That's our hope. That's our eternity. It's hard to realize because we're flesh and blood. But we are spirit. His spirit dwells in us. We were flesh and blood, 
But then it said he breathed life into the human person and he created a spirit in us that will live forever. Those of us who've lost loved ones, they're not dead. They will live forever. We will see them again. And listen, this is the thing. The deep is coming, right? It's evil rising. And what this prophet said, it's the birth pains. And the Lord said to him, yes, you will be surrounded for a time with evil, with things that would make a normal person be afraid. But guys, we aren't normal. (laughs) We are abnormal. (laughs) We are supernatural. When we receive Jesus into our life, and it's not just a prayer, guys. It's not saying, dear Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. I give you my life. And you're saved forever, and you can forget about it, and you can put Jesus on the shelf like an elf on the shelf, and you can say, yeah, I believe in Oh, where is he? He's over there on a shelf in my house, and he's dressed in an elf outfit. We might as well do that when that's how we treat him, right? Jesus on the shelf. But no, 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 no. Jesus... When we say, Jesus, I want you, I want to, what did he say? We talked about it last week. Follow me, follow me. Jesus, I want to follow you. That's what the disciples said. They were like us. They were just human beings searching for the Messiah. That's why you're all here, because we're all searching for the Messiah, the hope of the world, the hope of eternity in heaven. We are searching for him. And that's what we, he wants. He wants us to come to that place of oneness with him. So that when things get bad, when Satan does his thing, deep calls to deep. That's scripture. Deep calls to deep. The Lord called us in Psalm, go to the deep. The ships that go to the deep. The pe- There's Christians who aren't going to do it. They're going to sit in their churches and sing their songs and preach their sermons, and they're not going to do any of it because they've basically put Jesus on a shelf and said, okay, take us to heaven. I'm not going to judge that. I'm not going to say whether they are or aren't because I don't want to judge anyone. But I will say this. I believe whatever you do, follow Jesus. From the time you say it, from the time you decide it, yeah, the enemy's going to come after you. The minute you say, Jesus, I want to follow you, your life is going to change because the devil's going to hunt you down. He is going to try. Oh, no, he's not going to try to just tempt you. It says he is out to kill you. He is a thief. He is a liar and he's a murderer. He doesn't care about just making your life miserable. He wants you to be gone, basically. But Jesus, our glorious, holy Jesus, sent his Holy Spirit when he left to become one with us, to become in us, so that when this time comes, I can't believe it, we're in this time. We are literally in this time. And Christians for years and years like would say, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back. And people go, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, Y2K, oh, he's coming back in Y2K. Everybody get ready. Oh, he didn't come back. See, it's just everything everybody's saying. That's all demonic setup. That's all the demons getting people to believe that Jesus is not coming. And he's coming. Evil is going to rise. This is what this is talking about. And God is relying on us to be his hands and feet and his mouth and his heart, his love. He wants us to have his love, to reach out to those struggling with their self, with, the, with what the enemy has set up for them so that they 
will not receive the hope of the world. And the birth pains are coming through what is coming to stop the return of Jesus. You know, the devil learned when Jesus was crucified and he rose again, he couldn't stop him. He couldn't stop the plan of Father God to save the world, to redeem us, to save us from eternal hell without God. The devil couldn't stop him. And you know what? The devil knows he can't stop Jesus from coming back. He knows he can't stop the plans of Father God. He knows that. So what is his plan? I can tell you what it is. It's to destroy God's people. It's to hurt them. It's to wound them. It's to bind them in chains. It's to capture them. It's to tempt them and bring them into guilt. It's to bring them away from God the Father and his love so that they will die. It's not a joke. And it's coming and it's going to get worse. We think we look around and we see bad things now. And sometimes we put our head in the sand. We put our head in the religious sand sometimes. Sometimes we put it in the sand of work. Sometimes we put it in the sand of just wanting to have a break and be happy. And, you know, live and let live. But we have to take, this is what God is saying. This is what that video is about. Take your head out of the sand. Get ready. Get dressed. Put the uniform on. Get ready. You're going to enter into spiritual warfare like you've never seen it before. But you, each person here, is called to spiritual warfare for the end times to bring people, your friends, your family, your neighbors, anyone you meet, to the love of God and to salvation. And to fight the good fight that we don't even fight with the typical armor. We fight with the armor of God. One is worship. One is worship because we call in the presence of God into our life, into our family's life. And you can see chains coming off. You can see chains coming off. They came off me. Years and years and years of religious living. I love the Lord for as long as I can remember. I loved him. And I tried to live for him. But I, through my life circumstances, came under demonic bondage. I didn't even know it. I didn't even believe it. Because that's what the devil does. He doesn't want you to believe that. Especially if you believe in God. He's like, oh, psh. I used to say it all the time. A Christian can't have a demon. A Christian can't have a demon. If we have Jesus, we can't have a demon. Who did Jesus go to the wilderness with? The devil. He was tempted by the devil face to face. Huge temptations. And it wasn't until the Lord delivered me physically from a demonic spirit that, and I knew it, I felt it, it was physical. I knew when it happened, I was set free. But what I think the reason God has had that all set up is so that some of us need to know this is true. It's not in the movies. You see the demons, you see the evil, and you go, oh, it's just a movie. God just wants us to have a happy life. And God wants us to have a joyful, happy life. He wants us to have joy in the middle of the storm. We're the light on the hill. We're the light on the hill. That's what it says. We're to be the light on the hill in the middle of the darkness. It says when light comes into darkness, darkness has to flee. That's us. That's his spirit in us reaching out to the world that is going to be going through hell and high waters, guys. We can put our heads in the sand and we can forget about it. 
And then when evil rises and we can say, where is God? I thought this was, gonna, I thought this was all going to be good. And so something bad happens and we go, where is God? He doesn't love us. He doesn't, no, 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 no. That are, those are the deep waters. That's the birth pains. We have to see, we have to have the vision of God to see his glory, to see his light, to see his hope in the midst of it all. Because when we're under his covering, years ago my sister had a vision and it was like a big glass bubble over our family and over our property. And other people have had that same vision, in fact, over this property, that there would be a glass bubble of protection. And this is going to happen all over the world. God is going to put his spirit, just like he did over Jesus in the stable. It looked like a stable, but it was actually a place of protection from the Spirit of God protecting his Son. And he's going to do the same thing with us. And even though we're called to the deep, and we're part of the glorious church that will rise, that will rise in the rapture, some of us are going to be left behind. Did you know that? Some of us who believe in God, but are warriors, will be left behind to still bring in more people but God will be with us. We won't care. The disciples didn't care. Every one of the disciples except for one was martyred. Every one. They didn't care because they knew eternity. And we, this is what God's calling us to is eternity. And so when it comes, when we're called into that time that's coming, and it's coming fast, like Chris said. It's coming so fast. It's happening faster and faster. And even older Christians like Mom and Ed, they look at it and they go, what is happening? Because all the stuff they heard all their life, right? All the prophecies that you heard all your life, and we're like, okay, okay. All of a sudden, everyone is happening, and the government with the presidents all over this world, prophecy is being fulfilled. And one of the things you said the other week was that all biblical prophecy, almost all biblical prophecy has been fulfilled, right? But what you meant to say, which I don't know if it was taken in a sense that, well, some is filled and some isn't. Like, you know, um, fortune tellers in the world who get fortune tellers get their power from demonic powers they know things demons have been around for as long as angels guess what demons are angels they're fallen angels demons aren't grisly creatures satan was the most beautiful angel so they've been around as long as angels have, and so they speak to people and they give them power. So, but sometimes they're wrong and sometimes they're right. But every, every single prophecy that is in the word of God, every one, every one has been fulfilled to this date. There's a few left. There's a few. I don't even know if there's a few. They may all be fulfilled, but there's a few left, and they, but none have been uncracked. None have not happened through the ages. That's one of the ways, and I used to tell the kids this in Sunday school. Ephraim, you remember? One of the ways we know that the word is true is because of the prophecies. They've all been correct. They've all been fulfilled, the ones that have. None were wrong, 100% correct. That's our God. And we're in the middle of that time where all of this fulfillment is going to be like a whirlwind. Have you ever seen a whirlwind? 
I've only seen like the little ones that cause the dust, <laughs> little whirlwinds. I've never even been in a tornado or anything like that. I'd be scared to death. But <clears throat> that's what it says it's going to be like. It's going to be like oh, a tornado, God's tornado. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen so fast. But you know what we're going to be like? The center. We're going to be like the center. And we're going to see all these things happening around us. And you know what? We're going to look at them, and we're going to say, praise God. Glory to God. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. Come to him. Let me tell you about him. Follow Jesus. And that's what the prophecy was to this gentleman who said, the birth pains, the evil that's going to rise, it's the storm, but it's the blessing. Because Jesus is going to be coming across the clouds, <laughs> right? To, to get his church, to get his people when Jesus returns in the rapture, it's not like Judgment Day. When he comes back at the end with us, we'll be with him. We'll be on horses. We'll be on white horses. That's why we're White Horse Ministries. He comes on a white horse, and he comes with his saints, and he comes with those who've been called up out of the earth. It says, like a twinkling of an eye, that, and we're gone. And the world, when that happens, the world will be in chaos. They're going to think it was an alien abduction. That's what the enemy's setting up, that aliens are coming. They're going to take, you know, and, it, and what it is is that we're, the church will be raptured before the tribulation. All of that to say this, the storm that's coming, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to say, where is God? Know that God is in it. He's in it to save people. He's in it to love people. We are in. We need to bring as many people as we can into that protection, into that covering of his Holy Spirit. Like this morning when I was calling the Holy Spirit to come, do it in your homes. Do it in your classrooms. Do it wherever you are. Do it when you get in your car, Julia, and you're driving. Lord, put that protection around me in the name of Jesus. Send your angels. Call on the angels. Call on your angel. It says in the word, each one of us has been assigned an angel. Call on your angel. And um, so, yeah, I'm done. Sorry. See, you shouldn't have gone to the bathroom. <laughs> so come on up, Pastor Chris. <laughs> Anybody else want to give a sermon today too? <laughs> I do think it's important, though, as our little body here, like that we do share with each other. We do talk to each other. What we do think about these things in more than just a Sunday morning message, right? We are, I love the part of that video that says, you are part of the glorious church. And hopefully we're, we're talking about going down to that um, meeting with Rodney Howard Brown we have always wanted to, we've always wanted to go down and be in um, his teachings and, and be under his anointing. And um, so, but yeah, it's like January 22nd. So we need to pray. And um, it's a, I love how it shows the Christians there. And how the anointing comes. Look, this is what God has for us. He has it for us. We may be a little church on a hill. Well, that's part of scripture. We're supposed to be the light on a hill. So we're part of that. But he wants to put his anointing on us. Literally to the place that we're so filled with his power that 
we just can't even, you know, function normally. <laughs> we'll be crazy. But we'll be filled with the Spirit of God and do his will. And that can look like a lot of different things, right? The important thing is that we just do it and we do it together because there's power in unity. Amen. There's power. God comes through his church united in purpose and plan. So. Amen. <clears throat> just to say something really queer, queer, quick, clear. Amen. That's what happened when you got a little cold. Let's rebuke that in Jesus' name. Psalms 34, 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. With all inspired reverence and worship, him with obedience. This is the Amplified. With all inspired reverence and worship, him with obedience. And he rescues each of them. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Another version says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who are righteous. That means who are right living. Amen. Joe, can we play that again, that video one more time? Praise the Lord. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows, he may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings, drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders and gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who ministers before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say any among why should they say among the people, Where is their God? And God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Period. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Amen. Amen. The word says, proclaim this among the nations. Joel chapter 3 verse 9. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side, and assemble there. Bring down your warriors, O Lord. Amen. We have been born for such a time as this. You are a warrior in the kingdom of God, and you don't even know it yet. And there are many warriors that are in the kingdom of God that don't know it. But when they see the Lord coming in the earth shaking, their spirit is going to awaken and it's going to quake them deep. Just like Rodney Howard Brown said, I saw the hand of the Lord God move across this nation mightily one more time and it shook it. 
What's going to happen is God is going to shake the dust, the dirt off of you and you're going to wake up to see the truth and realize that God is God. <coughs> Amen? God is God. And there is no other God before Him. It says in the end days that the spirit of Elijah are going to fall upon the people. Well, the spirit of Elijah is the spirit of prophecy. It's exactly what Joel just talked about. That the spirit of God will fall upon His people. And they'll dream dreams, have visions. The spirit of Elijah is the spirit of prophecy. And in Elijah's days, and you can read this in 1 Kings chapter 17, all the way up through 19. <clears throat> the spirit of Elijah. Elijah lived in a time that was wickedness all around. The king was King Ahab. He married Jezebel, which was an unholy alliance. It was an arrangement between the two nations. Jezebel represented Baal, Astropoles, and everything in it. Ahab represented Israel in the true God, the one God, the God, the creator of the universe, who created all things and knows all things. And you know what Elijah means? It says Jehovah. Elijah means Jehovah is my God. Jehovah is my God. <clears throat> and Elijah lived in a time that's very similar to the times we're living in today. It's probably no difference. It probably is even worse now than what it was then. Because all of Israel fell into worship in the idols and Baal and Astropoles. Sounds like the world we're living in today. The whole world was, the whole, the whole Israel was in the sin. It said even Judah was in the sin, fell into the sin. And it was, and it's been, it was going on, it was happening. Kings before Ahab. Kings were doing evil before Ahab's time. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it sounds like the days that we're living in, isn't it? It's getting worse and worse and worse out there. Sin is abounding and growing exponentially. <coughs> but it says in the end days that the spirit of Elijah will fall upon the people. Will fall upon the people in the end days. Do you know that Elijah was one of the only Persons that God took from this earth that never saw death came down in a chariot, a flaming chariot of fire, snatched Elijah up off the ground, took him off into heaven. It only happened one other time prior to that, and that was with Enoch, and it's because Enoch walked with God for 365 years. Watch a long time. 365 years. That was pre-flood. <clears throat> God had concealed, and God has concealed those that he's called until the end of these days. And soon I believe that, that, that is going to, people are going to awaken to that spirit of Elijah that's going to fall upon them. That spirit, knowing that Jehovah is my God, knowing that God is my God. You know, Elijah thought he was the only one left in the whole tribe of Israel that was left holy. Do you know that? But God said to him, no. When he ran and he hid, after the fire came down and consumed his offering, he was afraid for his life. He was afraid that Ahab and Jezebel were going to kill him. <coughs> but he ran. Off and he hid in the cave. And it says that there was a mighty wind that shook the mountain. Then there was a mighty earthquake that, that shook the mountain. Then there was fire. And then Elijah heard a still small voice. 
and he recognized that was God because he asked God to pass before him. This is in 1 Kings chapter 7, or I think it's chapter 18. <clears throat> so much about Elijah. What's going to happen, I believe, that spirit of Elijah is going to be like when he was in that cave. And it's going to sh things are going to have to take place that are going to shake, shake us to the core. This world is going to be shaken. God is going to shake it once more like Rodney Howard Brown did, just like that mountain shook. And then people are going to recognize, they're going to hear that voice of God and it's going to wake them, it's going to shake them to the core. Just like it was when I got saved, it shook me to my core, changed my whole life in an instant. God is going to do the same thing again. And God can, because God is God, and we are not. His ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Elijah was a mighty prophet during a troubling time. That means that when we, when the spirit of Elijah falls on us, that we are going to be a mighty prophet, standing up for righteousness and for right living, and we're not going to be wavered to and fro, and we're not going to fall into false doctrine. Amen. There's been so much false doctrine preached from pulpits across America. The people are deceived left and right. God is going to shake that and judge the pastors for that. The preachers for that. For leading many astray. It says, many come in my name and lead many astray in these end times. False teachers and false prophets will arise. Test everything by the word of God. Amen. There will be a fire that falls upon us just like it fell upon Elijah's, Elijah's offering. And that refiner fire is going to be for a separation. A separation and a refining. A separation, a separation and a devotion totally sold out for God. A hundred percent. That's what that is for. That fire is going to fall upon you. Fire from God is going to fall upon you like it fell. Then and it, it's going to refine you. It's going to burn out all the dross. Burn out all the world. Burn out all the nonsense. Burn out all the garbage. Burn out all the false teachings. And it's going to separate you for what God has called you to do in these days. And God has called us to do great and mighty things. It's right there in his word. Look at what Joel said. Your old men will have dreams. Your young men will have visions. <coughs> I will pour out my spirit upon the, those people in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. <coughs> we are warriors. I like that beating of that drum. Because it makes me want to just go out there and march. It makes me want to be like what Jesus when he says. When he got into Nazareth and he preached from Isaiah, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news, to set the captives free, to return sight to the blind, and to heal the sick. Gets you all inspired, doesn't it? Gets you fired up. That's what we need. We need to be fired up. We need to be waking up. We need to be shaken. The church in America needs to be shaken. And it's sad that we have to wait for a calamity to be shaken. We have to wait for something to happen in our nation for us to wake up and realize what time it is that we're only 100 seconds away from the doomsday clock. That means we're that much closer than Jesus' return, like my wife said. We're that much closer. Amen. Everybody wants to pray to God when things are going bad and not going great. But when your things are going great and everything's like that, they don't even think about God. <coughs> we don't even thank Him. We don't even praise Him. Because things are going good. It's only when things are going bad that when the church is going <coughs> to run to God. Amen? We should be coming in this place, worshiping God, praising God, building each other up, encouraging each other. Getting us ready to go out there and fight. And we should be the greatest preachers 
And, and we should be the greatest teachers this world has ever seen. We all should be great evangelists by now. Bringing those that are lost into the kingdom. <coughs> Myself included. It's like we watched that movie my wife was saying, we're all just a bunch of ragamuffins. <laughs> and we got to realize that in our weakness, God is strong. And that God is going to use us. God is going to use us. We are going to be used in God's kingdom. I don't know how you're going to be used. I don't know what God is going to do through you, what miracles he might bring through you. But I know this, that <coughs> this kingdom is not our world. There's a greater kingdom beyond this life. This life is but a twinkling of an eye. We come and go, as Solomon would say, like a flower blooms one day and gone the next. Time is going faster and faster and accelerating quicker and quicker. I mean, I can remember it seemed like summers would take all forever to get gone. Now summers are gone in a blink of an eye. Years are going by in a blink of an eye. Not as only as time accelerating, but knowledge is accelerating. All of this is prophesied in your word, in the Bible. About what's going on. Wars, rumors of wars, all of this. Signs in the heavens. And on the earth. All points to the coming birth pains of Christ. <coughs> and Christ is going to use you. In that time. He's got a purpose and a plan for you. Even though you might not think of it. How can God use me? How can God use me? I'm a pathetic pastor. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I'm terrible. How can God use me? Well, I have some faith because God used a donkey to warn a prophet. So if he can use an ass, then he can use me. Amen? Amen. Think about it. It's true. So take hope and faith. You're his creation. You're his beloved. You're his bridegroom. You know, it's like what Julie said at the end of the movie when they, that uh, preacher got up, Brenneman. And he said, when you stand at the gates of heaven, the one thing that Jesus is going to say to you is, did you believe that I loved you? You know, it's so true. It's so, it's so simple. It's just simple. The gospel is simple. It's God loves you. He wants the best for you. He's planned the best life for you. You know, even though it might not look like it, even though it might not feel like it, you know, even though we have our struggles, we all have our struggles, but God loves you. And we have to believe that no matter what. No matter what happens, no matter what we go through, no matter the circumstances, God still is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you. Amen? God loves you and has great plans for you. He has great plans for each and every one of us. Amen? So, Father, I pray, Lord God, I don't want to go on any longer. But, Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would, Lord God, shake us, help us, Lord. We need you. Lord, I need you more than ever, Lord God, in the days that we're living in, the times that we're living in today. I need your healing, Lord. I need your presence. I need your, I need your ways because my ways aren't working anymore, Lord God. I need your help. In Jesus' name, and I pray, Father God, that we would all come to know that. We can't make it on our own. We're just all a bunch of ragamuffins, <laughs> as Brenneman and Rich Mullen said. Lord God, and it's so true, Lord. A ragamuffin are those that go plead for God's mercy, Lord God. That knock on God's door and say, God, forgive me, I'm sorry. 
Help me, Lord God. Be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I fall into sin every day. Lord God, I, I fail you every day. My thoughts aren't where they should be every day. Lord God, whatever it is, Lord God. But Lord, cover me with your mercy and your grace. Lord, because you know that I love you in my heart. And I know that everybody out here loves you in their heart. If they search their heart, you're in the center of it, Lord God. Even if it's a little tinkling of a flame, Lord God. A little flicker, Lord God, you're still there. And it says that you won't extinguish even the smallest flicker, even the smallest ember, Lord God. Lord, we pray that your spirit, your Holy Spirit would blow upon us today. That you would ignite a flame in us. That you would help us, lead us, and guide us. That, Lord, you would open our ears and our minds and our hearts and our eyes for all that you have for us and the will that you have for us, Lord God, in these times to come. Lord, show us your ways, I pray. Lord, help us to be intercessors for each person here. Let us do what we're called to do, our daily duty, to pray for one another. Lord God, to love one another, to help one another. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.